Hi, it's Janelle. This is Marissa. This is Shade, and you're listening to Sleepy Pink Cast, a podcast brought to you by Fat Pink Cast. Woo! Yep. Yay! All right. So, <laughs> ravens. Let's, let's. There's one particular raven that you're like raving about, and I feel like we should save that raven for last. Yeah. Just that raven requires a lot of like hardcore talking. Yeah. You're gonna save the best for last. Save the best. <laughs> the best. So ratings uh, uh, for this past episode was 1.4. This is down 7% from last week's 1.5. And the adults 18 to 49 rating. So, you know, Are not these... really a good thing. But... I got to ask about the Nielsen Box thing. Or, or whatever they do now with TiVo and Hulu. Does it count yeah. people who watch the entire episode or people who switch off halfway through when they realize that it's a <laughs> Katrina episode? I think That's it, a good question. I don't think it counts the whole thing. I think it it only counts for like people who stay through the episode. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm assuming because I can imagine that I'll people Google probably later. probably got like bored at the beginning because the beginning was kind of slow. Or they went to the bathroom right as Gotham was ending and didn't realize the show had changed, and then they were like, "Oh, it's." I could be watching the CW right now. Uh-huh. No. <laughs> but, I mean, the key demographic wasn't that bad in, in comparison to other shows that were on at the time, which I guess is really what matters. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It makes you wonder if they'll move Sleepy Hollow next year if they get another season. Oh, move like, it to, to a later. different weekday, like Friday night or something. Oh, oh God, if they move it to Friday night, it's going to... Yep. It's yeah. gonna die if they put it on Friday. That's what I mean, though. Like, I wonder, I wonder what Fox has on Friday night right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. It's just like I think it's just nobody watches shows on a Friday. Like they're assuming that you're going out, which is why most of the um, the hit shows don't air on Fridays. Like, yeah. really, Fridays is where shows go to die. That's the. It's called the Friday night death slot. Yeah, um, and that's what they did with Firefly, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but I don't feel bad about that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the next rating, um, the next rating, Raven, is that a Hindu group is seeking an apology from Fox for the to- for the distortion of their fate in the television show Sleepy Hollow. In a statement, <laughs> Rajan Zed, the president of Un- of the Universal Society of Hinduism, said his group took particular issue with the Kali Yuga episode of the current season of Sleepy Hollow, which aired on January twenty sixth. Zed said that the depiction of Hindu goddess Kali was highly inappropriate and urged public apologies from all involved, including creators Alex Kurtzman and Robert Orsi, Fox TV chairman Gary Newman, and even 21st Century Fox boss Rupert Murdoch. Oh, it's Rupert Murdoch, though. That's not going to happen. Yeah, that's not going to (laughs) happen. I mean, they might get an apology. I'd be surprised if anything happened. Yeah. Well, it says so. They do have an update on the article January 29, 7.35 p.m., Updated with statement from Flox TV and Sleepy Hollow producers, where they say Sleepy Hollow creatively builds upon history and mythology from all times and cultures for its storylines, which are rooted in fantasy. The goal is to entertain, never to offend, and we sincerely apologize if any of the images or characters in this week's episode were not respectful towards the Hindu faith. This was absolutely not our intent. Which fuck your intent for the millionth time? Because so they're gonna go off. They're gonna have like evil Islamic characters too, right? Oh my god. And evil Jewish characters. It's a free-for-all for all religions, right? 
yeah. the Buddhist characters. Oh my god. Um, well, we did get the the wait. No, they just called that Chinese. They didn't. They didn't. Yeah, it wasn't religious. That. Yeah. Dude, they should totally have a queer goddess, Guan Yin, goddess of mercy, be like a protagonist on the show. They She's would like never. A Buddhist goddess. She's so cool. She could be played by like Maggie Hugh or something. I would oh, love yeah. that. <laughs> something really random and sacrilegious. It'd be so cool. <laughs> I mean, they they managed to have an episode around like what like an evil Hindu creature and not have any like South Asian characters. Yeah. And I mean, I saw some of the tweets defending it. They were like, "Well, there are white Hindus too." Like, oh my gosh! <laughs> but like, for real, they have a South Asian actress on the show. Even we're gonna go there. <sighs> yeah, they do. And I wonder how she feels. It was it. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. As soon as they said Thuggy Death Cult, I, like, checked out. I was like, wow. Wow. Yeah. And they could have done... That's so s- embarrassing. Yeah. And the worst Bad part- writing. Yeah, and the worst part is that they could have... Um, somebody sent us an ask. Did you read that ask? That was, no. like... Yeah, it was really interesting. Yeah. What was it? Um, it was, like, an anonymous ask. It said... Batala are supposed to be wily creatures based on the stories I grew up with reading in a hindu household there's a story where a king tries to capture um a vatala but the vatala keeps eluding him by telling him elaborate stories ending with a riddle similar to the greek sphinx to catch the vatala all the king needs to do is keep quiet but he always succumbs and answers the riddle that would have been way more interesting for ikibi to deal with like how cool that would that have been mm-hmm. and holly tries to answer the riddle or something Actually, you know what I was thinking of? I was thinking about Ichabod. You know Ichabod can't keep his yes, mouth shut for yeah, shit, right? Yeah. That would be like a pretty cool like creature to Challenge. deal with. Yeah, yeah and then Abby. Yeah, and then Abby or something keeps yeah. quiet and actually wins the day or whatever. Yeah. And because, and then Ichabod would learn a lesson about shutting the fuck up. Yeah. Sometimes. And the way the Vitala, <laughs> the way the Vitala could have worked is that she was cursed or Carmilla or whoever would be playing her cursed by somebody else because the way Vitala are made is that they're kind of like vampires right so a, a demon comes by and like inhabits the body of um a corpse or something they hunt they haunt graveyards so somebody else could have put the demon in her or maybe she died and the demon possessed her body and you know there could have been a lot of things they could have done with it mm-hmm. and that's how they could have solved it by like having the riddle and it would have been so cool <sighs> Damn, Sleepy Hollow writers, why are we always doing the work for you? I don't know. There are a few more ravens. I saw something earlier. I think Aaron, one of the producers who's been interacting with the fans, actually sent out a salty tweet earlier that was like, oh, there's another um, preview for Empire doing Sleepy Hollow. If only Sleepy Hollow would. Or if only Fox would play Sleepy Hollow previews during Empire. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that's true. It's true, but on the other on the other hand, it's like Empire actually focuses on their characters of color instead of sidelining them. So. Well, also Empire gets a ton of viewers, and those ad slots are really expensive. So they would make a lot of money selling those slots to mm-hmm. ad, like merchants and stuff, um, rather than just advertising for themselves. 
I see. Yeah. But I yeah, I think the show was under-supported. I think they counted too much on the viewers from the previous season mm-hmm. to still care. But then when we came back, it was kind of a different show. Anyway, more bad news. Oh, Is that this... wasn't the big raven? What was? Oh, God, big... was bad news? Haven't you... Have you been online at all? Have you read the synopsis for the, the season finale? No. Holy shit. I don't I can't even talk about it. Wait, Lies. Pause. I'm gonna talk raven? about it. Is that the last raven? This yeah. is our last raven. Oh god. Here we go. <laughs> like I can't like thinking about it is okay. giving me heart palpitations. Like it's not like Holly's back. No, my heart is beating Read it. so Read. hard. Okay. Read the this is totally the first time I'm hearing this. I've been at work all day. Okay. You Yeah, because it's you're on a different time zone, so you probably just got out, right? But Yep, yep. Yeah. We <laughs> You've had like three hours to ruminate on it. Yeah, I've had a couple oh, no. hours and I'm like, I've been freaking out since then. I, I've gone from being okay and then reading some other responses and thinking about it and kind of freaking out. And I mean, it sounds like stages of grief. Yeah. Yeah. What are you grieving? Get, do you want to read? Would Should you... I like sit down? Pour yeah. A glass of wine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sit down. Okay. okay. Read it. I'm gonna, read I'm it gonna sit. Should I? Should I summon my emotional support animal? Yes. Okay. Puppy, come here. She doesn't want to come support me. Oh, wait, there she is. Hi. Hi. Okay, you're gonna sit here and comfort me while Shanae and Janelle read this news. Okay. What do you think? I was like, this is a joke. This is some gross rumor because this is not true. It can't be that bad. No, it's <laughs> Marissa. <laughs> she don't. She doesn't know. She doesn't know. Two eighteen. This is the season finale. Tempest Fugits. It's Tempest my, Fugits. It airs on my like, birthday. This is just. This is the work of the devil. Like okay. Patrick Fugit. I think yeah. so. F-U-G. Okay. In the wake of Katrina's magical escape from modern-day Sleepy Hollow, she and our heroes find themselves transported back in time to the 18th century. With Ichabod in the what? <laughs> oh wait, 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 hold wait. On. With Ichabod in the midst of an epic battle we've witnessed before, he searches among his enemies' ranks in hopes of finding a certain red-coated Hessian soldier with a distinct bull-shaped mark on his right hand. Unfortunately for Abby who is assumed to be a runaway slave and now sits in colonial prison cell, this iteration of Crane has no recollection of her or their or of their friendship. Okay. But her knowledge of him and his secret mission, as well as her knowledge of events that have yet to occur, piques Captain Crane's interest, earns her her freedom. Oh my god. And may have already begun to rewrite to rewrite certain historical events and timelines. Meanwhile, Katrina. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. So he gets to live out his fantasy of freeing the slaves. <laughs> Remember, that's one of this like characters' things. Yes. So what well, you're telling me? Wait, okay, I have to tell my boyfriend. He just walked over. Apparently, the season finale. <laughs> they go back in time. Abby immediately gets captured and is sold as a slave, and then Ichabod saves no, her. No, she's not. He has so- amnesia. She's assumed to be a runaway slave. Oh, she's assumed to be a runaway slave. And um, Ichabod has amnesia and doesn't remember that he was ever in the future, and uh, it's stressful. What do you think? It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and I listen to your Outlander podcast. <laughs> <laughs> So I've heard some pretty dumb storylines. <laughs> I thought this was an episode of Doctor Who. Oh my god. 
It was an episode of Doctor No, Who. it was. It totally With was. Martha. Martha. Martha went back and it sucked for her because people were so disgusting toward her because she was black. And, oh my god. It, and she left the TARDIS. So is, is Abby going to leave Crane and be like, fuck you, Crane. I'm going off on my own because I'm like freaking out. This is like... And you know what? I wouldn't be so upset by it if the writers hadn't been screwing around all season. I mean, we talked about this as a like a different a show, like Kindred, yeah. the show, but not like with the characters we have now and the plot that we have now. Yeah, mm-hmm. it would all it would have to absolutely just be focused on Abby, nothing else, right? And that's I mean, not there's a reason like why time travel shows don't feature POC. Not just because of lack of diversity, but because, like, I would not want to fucking be sent back in time. Yeah. And it's really hard to do. Would you? Right? Yeah, and it's really hard to do, right? And and we we discussed how the writers don't like to follow through with anything, right? Mm -hmm. They never leave anything emotionally. Well, it's not just that. I really think that time travel is the purview of, like, cis privilege people generally speaking guys who are white it's just mm-hmm. going to be a lot easier to time travel if you have privilege in the modern day because you probably will also or, or at least be more likely to have privilege in the past mm-hmm. yeah. i guess if you were like an irish guy now and you traveled back like 200 years it wouldn't be such a bad thing right no i mean it, it or would i mean be, it would be like, worse than now be worse for sure now. you would be a minority mm-hmm. yeah Right. But like, still wouldn't have it as bad as somebody who is like a modern day black person. Or modern yeah, day like person some somebody was like, maybe it's meant to parallel their stories. But I'm like, in no way, shape or form could Crane's story about being sent in the future and right. being in a cell for such a short time and coming out and still having white male privilege is going right. to equate to Abby being sent back in time and having to deal with the fact that people like her are being sold and tortured and right. even if he frees her the amount of trauma she's gonna have to witness right right and on top of that like oh my god are like, they out of their minds like no on my writers, birthday during black history month <laughs> during black history month what are you doing not to say that this would be good anytime any, any other time of yeah, is there any way they could do it in a way that was okay or well we didn't even finish reading it we didn't oh, finish right. reading it right okay. <sighs> carry on <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile katrina seduced by the recently discovered power of her black magic and in possession of the grimoire remains determined to rewrite her own history and kill ichabod in order to retain her relationship with her as of yet unborn son and she enlists an unlikely ally to aid in her quest. Sorry. Whew. The two future witnesses working together in the past, Abby and Ichabod, seek out Benjamin Franklin, the one trusted contemporary of Crane's who may be able to confirm Abby's unbelievable story of time travel and offer a solution to reverse it and the damage it has done. But the forces of evil remain hot on their trail. She's a runaway slave, y'all. So, do Jenny and Irving feature at all? Um, Irving. It doesn't sound like it. Um, Irving, yeah, because they're. I mean, they're going back in the past, so it would be know. nice if. I wish Abby wasn't by herself going through this experience, because like, oh my god. But then yeah. again, it's like, do we really want to watch Abby and Jenny go through something? Like Maybe that? Grace Dixon will Maybe stab Grace. Katrina in the belly. That would be amazing. Uh, Why is it black magic? Orlando Jones asked this on Twitter last night. Yeah, I know. But for real. Because... 
Uh, that's a good question. We can go into like color theory and like white supremacy and imperialism and all that shit. But we'd be sitting here for a long time. Oh, for a long, time. For a long, long time. Especially, which is funny because someone I re, re, uh, was posting like like the idea of purity and why white is considered a pure color when it really isn't. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I when I was in art school, I took a class on. I took a class on color theory, and one of the things that we that we learned was that technically white and black aren't really colors, but between the two, yep. black is between the two, black is either um, the presence of all of all colors, mm-hmm. or the absence or the absence of light or something like that. So it's like really when it comes down to it, technically black is the purest color because it's like impossible to corrupt. Like you can yeah, and the, the most inclusive. It. Yeah, and it's the most inclusive color, whereas white is like you put like one little color and then it becomes something else, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of like ridiculous that white is considered pure and black isn't when technically black is the purest color. But yeah, whatever. (laughs) Someone made the point that um, this could be very well be the series finale of the show and it's going to end with Abby going back in time and experiencing what it's like to be mistaken as a runaway slave. What? Why? <sighs> what does that do to anyone? Like my heart started beating really fast and I was just that like... That is not the same as Ichabod being pushed into the future no. as a white man being pushed into the... As a straight, white, able-bodied man being pushed into the future. It is not the same. I started hysterically laughing at one point and then I, I kind of like teared up because I was like having this really negative reaction, like almost crying. I'm almost crying about this. And like Nicole Bahari has to act to this. You know, I'm like, has, maybe that's these, why she was glad filming was over. Have these writers ever read anything about what slavery was like for black women or have they read Octavia Butler's? Did they watch Twelve Years a Slave? Did they watch sent their Oscar discs last year? Yeah. Did I mean? Did any of that happen? Like, what? Whose idea was this? And why did they think they could pull it off? There are no black writers, major black writers on staff. There are no black female writers on staff. Wait, wait. So let me let me ask this because I'm just speculating. But I think part of the reason why Abby Mills is such an important character in the, you know, fictional women of color, black women canon is because she exists as a fictional character whose story is not about suffering because she's black. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking of other fictional women in in the media recently, or, or, or not even fictional, but biographical women. A lot of the times when there's a black woman in a story, the abuse that she experiences as a black person is, like, central to that story. Right. In some way. Right. And here we have a protagonist who, while she may still encounter discrimination or adversity or oppression, the story isn't about that, and that can be kind of refreshing. Mm-hmm. Even on a show like Scandal or How to Get Away with Murder, there's still some intersectional issues around her race and yeah. around her gender that get explored. And, and Sleepy Hollow can talk about that, but... The, I'm I'm guessing like you know that but that's not the point of the story. That's not even close to what the character is current challenge is. Right. 
Oh God, I just I can't. And and now it will be very central to her her storyline. I don't even know. This is the thing. They're either gonna gloss over it and act like it's not a big deal for her to be sent back. When I was a less racially aware person, I think the younger me, as if someone who isn't black, would have been like really excited about this plot. Yeah, because I've I've seen fanfic writers I've seen fanfic writers do this, and every single time they never they never really pull it off because they they can't understand what it would be like for somebody to go into back into time and then have to come back to the present and then deal with the trauma of having been back in time and have having to deal with the trauma of knowing that people like are you still left there everybody else yeah you left everybody that else you're the only one who got to escape via right travel. right and i feel like there is no way the writers are going to deal with that in the beginning of season three if the show gets to season three could Abby even work with Ichabod after going through this experience? Right? Are they going to address that? Because they they didn't even address the fact that she came from purgatory and she was she was in there for a while and they didn't deal with her trauma from that either. They didn't deal with Katrina's trauma from it. So what makes us think that they're ever going to deal with this storyline the way they should? Ugh, I'm just like scared. I'm scared. <laughs> it's going to be terrible. It's going to be a mess. And they already filmed it. They already wrote it. They already filmed it. You remember Goffin was talking about bringing it to the network, the final cut. What do you mean? He was he was saying that he was on his way to bring the final cut to the network, and he's going to write a tell-all in like 230 years or something. Oh, I forgot about – I thought you said Gotham. No. I was like, oh, that show wrapped things up? Goffman. And I was like, that show might have handled things better than this show. I don't think so. Because – well, I think most shows – wouldn't have go handled there. Them, have handled themselves better this year. <laughs> in the yeah, I don't understand how a show could have so many characters of color and still do all this racially. I was gonna say racially problematic, but do all this racist stuff. Yeah. <sighs> damn, like, damn, like, can you imagine though? Say Sleepy Hollow doesn't get renewed for a third season. This is its legacy. That series, that's going to be their series finale. Like, that is so fucked up. Like, they're going to get it, I'm telling you. Like, and because I have no faith in the writers to do this right, they're going to get it. Like, critics are going to drag them to And hell. they're especially going to drag them because they're not going to have, they're not going to, like, ignore it like they do with Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. <laughs> you <laughs> know? Like, they're not, the critics aren't going to be kind to the show just because, you know, HBO's making mad money and practically paying people off to say positive things. But, like, yeah, yeah. this show doesn't even have that benefit to buffer it. Yeah. Like, people aren't going to be as forgiving. No way in hell. They need new writers if the show even survives. They need better writers. They need people who can world build. Because I had some problems with the world bidding in this episode as well. For real. Oh my god, yeah. So we'll, let's, what? Yeah, let's, dive let's go to episode it. land. Yeah, let's go to episode land.
Alrighty then. Um, I think it was... Wait, who was it written by? It was written by Albert Kinn. Disappointed, Albert. Very. Um, <laughs> Albert Kim and directed by, uh, what was it saying? Peter, oh no, Paul Edwards. So written by Albert Kim, directed by Paul Edwards, title Spellcaster. Um, so let's just talk about, I guess, Henry's role. Um, he's like plot, because there were like three different plots going on at the same time. Um, and so we have Henry's back into the, the action and he's chilling in a dingy Well, I wouldn't say he's room. back into the action. This like reveal of where did Henry go? He disappeared in a cloud. And he's actually was, sitting in a not dramatic. hotel room watching TV and he's engaging with the woman who owns the place. They're having this like conversation about like, I guess what, um, the, what he's seeing on the news? Is that what Well, you're only human. Her, her, her. Yeah. And he also has a moment with the lady's son later. And yeah, does some reflecting. Yeah, they bond over minis. Uh-huh. And he does some reflecting about how fathers aren't, all, all, ugh, aren't always what they crack up to be. Ichabod didn't know. Yeah. I mean, I said that in just a squeaky voice. But, but for real, like, there's no leeway here. Like, Ichabod was dead when you were born. Right. But instead of like another like another orphan child would be like, "Thank God my father's alive," <laughs> right? And, and the other he's like, "What a shit dad!" <laughs> you know, like come on, like they said he was dead because he was born in 1756, but he's alive. He's you know? still like, not some over other it. Orphan child, but like no, Henry's like the motherfucker. I hate him. I mean, I may be a horseman of war, and he may be a witness, but he's a bad dad. Yeah. Isn't he technically... Okay, let's keep keep going. Because he, like, randomly mentions not being the horseman of war anymore, and I'm like, can you just decide that? Like, who makes the rules? Yeah. Well, Mark later Hoffman on. makes the rules. That's true, he does. Um, so, yeah, Henry has this moment with the kid, and later on, some punks staying at the hotel start roughing up the sun. And Henry sees the confrontation, right? And I thought they were tr- they were gonna try to endear us to Henry or keep trying to do that, but I don't think it appears that way because, you know, clearly they aren't here because he he still thinks he's superior. He's a wolf, and everyone else are sheep to him, right? And so he attacks these people, and I think it still shows the like inherent evilness within his nature because he kills them instead of scaring them off a little bit he kills these guys but he's trying to communicate that he's a friend to the kid yeah but he's like like we said there's no possible way for him to really do that with violence with so much violence do you think that scene was fun to film like how did how did they direct it they're like okay john now wave your arm like this okay steve now slam your head into the car yeah, like that. Okay, now now wave your arms arms harder, John. Yeah, like up and down, yeah, more <laughs> intensely. Okay, Steve, hit your face in the car door. Yeah, okay, we're doing this. This looks great, guys. So you think it was just kind of like it was a little cheesy. Okay. The telekinesis thing. Yeah. Like I'm being controlled. Bam. I can see that. I think John Noble did a good job making it believable, and it's definitely weird that like suddenly we have Motel Henry. Yes. It's been like seven weeks. 
Right. And I was kind of thinking, I was like, I feel like this would have been something that would happen at the beginning of the season, not necessarily the end of the season. He checked in with his real name, too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, and weren't they looking for an alias? Yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't, um, Abby find him somehow? Well, he's paying with cash. That's true. But he's not that far away. That's true, too. And now, like, people are going to investigate the assault slash murders on this hotel property. Right. Shouldn't shouldn't they have been... Well, I guess because Abby and Ichabod have been busy. I'm imagining Katrina putting up, like, lost kitten posters on the trees <laughs> with Henry's face. Lost. Missing. Lost son. The milk carton. Yeah. Picture of John Noble. Have you seen this child? The age progression. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Have you seen this old... Well, she could put up... Well, she's not smart enough, but she could have put up posters and be like, have you seen my grandpa? Mmm. Right? I don't think she knows that you can Xerox things. That's true. Yeah. Maybe she does. She, she hangs out with them in the archive. What am I talking about? Sure. So let's go to plot A, the main plot. There's an auction house, and this creepy guy, a reject from a goth band, comes in, and he uses blood magic to kill a woman and a black guy in one go. I was happy there was a black guy. I know. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, one of the extras is person of color. And then I he's mean, dead. I mean, I still think that, like, adding a black guy or adding a white woman is, like, the bare minimum formulaic diversity. Because if you think about it, that's, like, what Marvel does. Yeah. It's what Star right. Wars does. Mm-hmm. Right. But, like, yay! It could have been two white dudes. It Although, I guess been. they were killed, so it's more preferable to show. I don't know. Anyhow, <laughs> Hen- Harry Dresden rolls in. Yes. Have you guys heard of those books? Yes. I have so much disdain for those books. I know. I saw you. Wait, overview. The Harry Dresden? Is that like the Dresden Files? Or... Yeah, the Dresden Files. He's like the broiest wizard. He's, um... The first book, like, he's just annoyingly, like, benign, nice guy sexist. Mm-hmm. It's really gross. Anyhow, I tell people that, and they don't believe me, and they're like, those books are awesome. I'm like, the protagonist is a disgusting, slimy guy who wears a hat <laughs> and, like, a coat, like, a long coat. Yeah. And, like, probably thinks he looks really hot, but he doesn't. He looks like that slimy guy that was on that episode of Sleepy Hollow last yeah. week. <laughs> Pretty much. Not cute. Slimy and gross and sexist. <laughs> so, yeah, that happens. And then we switch to Ichabod, who's house hunting. I enjoyed the scene, even though it was a little out of place, I felt. I was like, why is he really house hunting? And then poor Abby's got this overgrown child squeezing a squeaky banana in her face. And she's like, really? This is what you call me out of <laughs> bed for? Or wherever she was? I don't know what Abby does these days. <laughs> Anytime anyone complains about like housing prices anywhere else in the country, I get mad, though. Yeah, really? Because <laughs> L.A.? Well, I imagine New York City, too. Yeah, but she, I mean, Sleepy Hollow's probably less expensive like where's ichabod gonna get to three thousand five hundred a month to rent that house i know that's right how much it would cost in la yeah that's probably about how much it would cost in new york 
New York's prices are really bad too. But yeah, I was like, he doesn't have any money. Are they gonna like go back? Well, since they're gonna go back in time, maybe they're gonna find some. He could buy some like Sears Roebuck stock or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Right. Um. So Abby tells Crane basically that he actually needs credit and money to buy a house. But they figure out that um something was missing, the Grand Grimoire, and. He explains that it's a dark magic book that's been sought after in magic circles. And so, of course, they're going to go to the person who probably knows the most about magic. So says the narrative. So we go to Katrina, who's busy floating flowers and changing colors like a first-year Hogwarts student. I was like, come on. I bet the long dot bottom did it better. I know. And and also, baby, um, uh, like Harry's mom did it better. I was thinking about this. Maybe I'm overthinking it. I was thinking about flower genetics and how, like, you mm-hmm. know, it's actually coded. She's actually changing the DNA of those flowers. Right. Scientifically. Yes. I mean, unless she's just, like, putting dye in it telekinetically. So if she can rewrite DNA, that's actually pretty epic. Right. I'm sure she doesn't know about DNA, but... <laughs> but we're, like, we're overthinking it because this is Sleepy Hollow. And they probably didn't put She's that recoding time. thousands of genes. <laughs> no, well, I they did have one gene. they did have this like science versus magic thing going on, which I thought was interesting at the end. But um, sh- so she makes a remark here when she says that two hundred years in purgatory have zapped her skills, and I was like, shouldn't this have been a story from the beginning? For real though, like we've been saying from the start, this should have like, been. I, something... I feel like they've read. Like, oh, we should post. probably explain this now. <laughs> yeah, like since these, since we can basically infer that these are the episodes where they got a chance to like course correct and stuff, I feel like they might have like spent a couple hours on Tumblr because mm-hmm. we talked about this. We, we did. said that they needed exactly this yep. that they're doing. Many fans to do. Yep. Yeah, we were Many we were saying that um, should from the beginning they should have shown her trying to build up her powers right. and stuff, but it doesn't really work after a certain time like you can't go back in time well you can't go back in time but you can't go back in time and change what you've already and they retconned why she was so ineffective right and you're trying to no prize it like 15 episodes later guys this should have been from day one they should have done this because they had her trapped but then yeah, they... when she came out she should have been like uh-oh yeah i don't I have can't power. make lightning right now what's going on yeah oh uh, uh. yeah should have been that way from the beginning. I don't know why they thought it wouldn't it would work. And aren't there members of her coven, like that reverend guy who are still alive, who were around back then? Aren't there other modern witches? She's not seeking out assistance or community. Right. And she could have done that if at Maybe the a beginning. consultation. Mm-hmm. If at the beginning they had done Well, I mean, like like we said, I guess it's too late now. But yeah, so they also talk about how uh how Solomon can't probably got out. And they said that he's probably been released because purgatory isn't guarded any longer. Wait, wait, but, but so he gets out of purgatory and he can use his magic, but Katrina gets out of purgatory and right. she can't? Yeah. Whoa. Hmm. Yeah, so hmm. they would have had to have a reason why she couldn't, like, I don't know, maybe it was binded in purgatory. Maybe it was that a... spider they put in her uterus. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We're also we also get some world building actually about how magic works in the world, 
because some people, they say that like some people's magic is nature-based or elemental, right? So we get the canon that Katrina's magic is plant-based, which is funny because y'all know when Mary drowned, she tripped over vines, right? We're still supposed to think Ooh, that was an good accident, call. right? <laughs> like, okay, so Katrina's magic is plant-based Ooh. and Mary Ooh. tripped over some vines, and y'all really want us to believe that that was an accident. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Okay. But I do remember someone also bringing up the fact that they should do more with the magic world building, right? So mm-hmm. the writers are listening. I don't think they, they're just not doing what we want them to do exactly with it. <laughs> but Solomon Kent is kind of ripped, isn't he? I was like, no. why is this guy so rough? Dresden. Yuck. Yuck. <laughs> Versus, like, I can't, I can't even think of him in any way. He probably I'm not saying wears, it was... like, cheap cologne like Harry <laughs> I was like, I'm not saying it's hot. I was just like, wow, he's got some muscles. What was he doing? Is there, like, a gym in Purgatory? So, true facts, the guy who played Dresden on the Dresden show, yeah, like, when they made a show based on the books, which wasn't really based on the books, is the dad of the girl from Arrow. Really? Like, Laurel Lance, the, like, cop dad who, like, oh can't gosh. figure out that Oliver is Arrow. Yeah. He was Dresden. Oh, wow. Now he's like her dad. Wow, okay. (laughs) Um, So next thing we get is like this really weird exposition scene with um, Katrina basically explaining the history of Salem because they find out where he was from. And we find out that Solomon Kent was part of a Puritan family in Salem and he was love and a good guy or whatever. And Katrina's grandmother also lived in Salem, which doesn't really make sense. And she has the same last name, Van Tassel, as Katrina, but well, she's descended through the mom's side. You could, you, I guess she could have married her cousin, which happened. Ooh, that explains a lot, actually. Their cousin, like a cousin named Van Tassel. That would explain it. Yeah, especially since there weren't a lot, I don't know, there weren't a lot of Dutch people then. So I guess they would have married cousins or whatever. I don't know. So that's how, but the, the timeline doesn't make any sense because it was like 1690s and Katrina's mother was alive. So Katrina would have been born in like 1730s or something. So her mother would have had her when she was like 40, 50. Did women still have children mm. at 40 and 50? I mean, the, what was the average life expectancy in the Puritan Wasn't colonies? it like 50? <laughs> So her mother would have died after having her? I don't know. You think they did the math? I don't think they did the math. They can't keep track of their details, their own details. I I feel like they don't have a storyboard or they don't have a script girl or something keeping track of these details because they should. Like the interns? (laughs) Yeah, no, but they're they're supposed to have specific people keeping track of the details. And they have to, like, maybe their person just sucks, but, like... The fans. No, there track. are people who do this. Like one of my friends works on another show, and because he was lower up when you started, he had to do a lot of continuity watching. Yeah. So I don't understand what is up with their continuity people. Anyway, it couldn't. It didn't even have to. Okay. So Kent. <laughs> so apparently Kent led a powerful coven of witches, which her grandmother was involved in. In but he became infatuated with some random ladies called Sarah. Poor random lady. Who didn't love him and ended up killing, he ended up killing her accidentally, which I don't believe that. And Kent decides to frame her instead of accepting his fate for basically sexually assaulting this poor lady. What a and, dick. 
Katrina's grandmother tries to stop him, but he frames her, right? And so there's a few things about this scene. Katrina's grandmother was not a witch of exceptional talent either. Right. And she also whispered a lot. (laughs) She also had the same I would have thought it would have been cool if, like, Katrina's grandmother had, like, banished him to purgatory. Right. Instead of, like, later on, they trapped him and put him in purgatory. What if, like, Katrina's grandma or whatever was the one who did it? Right. And he's out. He's after Katrina because she was the one who dicked him over. Exactly. That would make so much more sense. I don't understand why you would write something like this and have this random lady be the focus of it and then, like, drop the plot. I don't know. And just have him kill her to show how evil he is. Yeah. And And try to convince us that, like, she and her descendant are these badass witches. Right. And then, to yeah, right? She didn't even do anything. She literally just died like that. And then have Ichabod roll in and be like, I'm here to avenge my in-laws. Like, no, let Katrina do that. And, you know, the real story of Salem is that it was um, what these three women who were first put on trial. There's Tutuba who was um, maybe Native American, maybe mixed race. Sometimes she's portrayed as Native. Sometimes she's portrayed as Black. Black. She was a slave. So, you know, either way, they could have linked that in maybe with Abby's story. Yeah. Or she could have been like, or maybe Katrina's grandmother was like, working with her right and i was thinking this this is i i ended up tweeting albert kim because i was so annoyed that they just didn't use salem as well i mean she's such a famous figure because of what happened to her exactly and so i said why would you waste such a rich historical story on a guy who was slighted by a, a, you know, a love of his life or whatever, like a nice guy who basically got screwed over. Why would you waste it on that? Right. Why couldn't you have had it so that like he was jealous of the women in the village having so much power and being so loved in the village and they didn't like him. They opposed him because they knew of his powers or something. Or that he was just a nice guy. Right. And then he framed them. And then to punish him, they sent him to purgatory. And now that he's out of purgatory, he's trying to get revenge on, like, Abby and Katrina. Wouldn't that have made so much more The descendants sense? of, like, the people. Yeah. Right. So why wouldn't you do something like that? That would have made the story much more cohesive. I used to be really interested in the Salem Witch Trials after reading Arthur Miller's play The Crucible, which was kind of a commentary on McCarthyism, which is that thing that Ichabod was quoting. Abby mentioned, yeah. I mean, the the interpretation that they use in The Crucible is really interesting, but it's not historically accurate because they age up one of the girls to be 17 and in love with this guy, so she frames his wife. Yeah. But, like... In, in the Crucible, there's kind of a study of how this, like, young woman with really no power in her community mm-hmm. manages to use her sexuality and her wits and kind of, like, her no-holds-bar amorality to suddenly have all this power and terrorize her community and seize this, like, political power. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. And then the actual story of the Salem Witch Trials, when you look at it and how young the girls were, it almost kind of feels like... There was this, like, white hysteria over these two young girls and this fear of this black woman, Tituba, corrupting them. Yeah. And so there's this, like, weird racialized component driving that, like, mass hysteria movement. Right. I mean, even the word hysteria is gendered, right? So you have, you have this phenomenon that occurred in U.S. history driven by women or because of women whether it's, like, the purity of young white girls or, like, this other interpretation, which is these, like, older teenage young women trying to seize power in a community where they're powerless. 
And then, like, Sleepy Hollow rolls in and is like, no, it was a bitter-ass nice guy in a pilgrim hat. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good night. They need new writers. Anyway, <laughs> like you were talking about, Abby brings up the fact that the Crucible isn't really about the Salem Witch Trials, etc. And then Eb- Ichabod has to butt in and remind everyone that he, too, is very, very smart and has been doing some reading about Edward R. Murrow who spoke out about the modern-day witch hunts. Because he can't just let Abby have the spotlight for two seconds. Did, you, did that bother anybody else? <laughs> yeah. Just, I mean, okay. get it. You're smart. Yeah. We was, get it. I was like, really? I mean, I don't, I don't really get why he had to do that. It didn't really help them. We also find out that the Grimoire doesn't have all the pages and Solomon's still looking for it, which is why we haven't found out what he's up to at this point. And then Abby and Ichabod figure that maybe Kent can't let go of his lost lady love. Oh my god, seriously. And he's going to maybe resurrect her from the dead. But they're like, well, if the world of the living, you know, like, um, it will be overwhelmed by the dead if he opens the gate to the afterlife just to bring her out of it. So the conversation that happens after this, because they go, because they find out um, that there are a couple pages coming in and they have to go to the warehouse to get them. So the conversation here is really great. There's like a lot of underlying angst and tension and and kind of pining and regret that they're both discussing. Um, I thought it was interesting. Like, Abby compares Ichabod to Kent, and he's not happy about that. And they make some observations about how regret can change the direction of your life or stop you from living the one you're meant to have. And Ichabod kind of asks Abby if she has a version of the future for them, or a vision of the future for them, and Abby says no. Mm -hmm. I was a little checked out during this part of the show. Yeah, well, this is probably one of the more interesting parts that happened. Yeah, I know. It was, like, more <laughs> introspective and reflective and character development Yeah, Yeah. Because she, she talks about being how being a witness isn't a job, and she's basically talking about how it's consumed their lives and they can't separate themselves from it. And Ichabod tells her that they're, you know, they're fighting for love and family, and he looks at her all <laughs> longingly. <laughs> Those leading man eyes. Yeah, seriously. You know, it was very, honestly, that scene was very reminiscent of, like, the first half of season one, where Ichabod would, like, make these declarations of love, but, Uh like, in a way that only it could be that, like, fits within the show, you know? Like, I love you, but it's masking all this other conversation. Yeah, just, like, it's very underlying, and he's telling her that, you know, we're fighting for something, things that are most important to them. So it's not just a tiresome duty that they're um, chained to. And Abby's the more, like, practical one. So she's just kind of like, you know, we have to do this. I just realized you forgot a Raven. What? You forgot the TV Guide interview Raven. About? The Ikabi one. Oh, yes. What happened? What what Raven? Tom Meisen. So there's this, like, embarrassing interview. On TV Guide, where they they ask Abby what she thinks of Akabi, and Nicole Nicole. is like, well, I hope that, yeah, they ask Nicole, sorry, she's Abby merged with Nicole, (laughs) Um, and she's like, well, I hope that, you know, it's not Abby versus Katrina, I hope Katrina and Abby can be friends, and yeah, I I get it, you guys are really into Akabi. 
Mm-hmm. And then they ask Tom Meisen, he's like, oh, he's totally in love with Abby. <laughs> he was so ridiculous. I was like, Holy he like, took the bullet. He Wait, was like, they yeah. said he, he said, said that. that. Yeah, he legit was just like, he um, he's totally in love with her. And then he but also he talked was, about like that's how he's playing the character yeah. as a man who's totally in love with her and kind of like concerned. Yeah. What? Wait, was this like a video interview or like yeah. a written interview? Yes, I'll put it in the podcast. It's a video oh interview. Oh my god! Can you link me? <laughs> You're like excited now. You're like, I must see this. You were you obviously weren't online because people were going I mean, I wasn't on this weekend either, but people were going crazy in the Shady Hollow tag. They were just like having the time of their lives. And they're wow. like Katrina fans were melting down like, on Twitter, like saying some racist shit. Too. And thank God like Tom Meissen said it and not Nicole. Not Nicole. She can't oh say that. Oh my god. Yeah. 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 She can't say that. Yeah, well, link me. <laughs> Please. I feel like I need to see it. Many delicious tears were had. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's all about Abby. He is completely in love with her. So far, what we've seen, it's not been picking aside Abby or Katrina. It's been Ichabod trying to find the right decision and they just happen to be opposing. Yep. So, yeah, there's that. (laughs) So, when you when you see this scene or like you see all the scenes in this episode where him kind of like you know taking her house hunting it was kind of random but then you're like okay is this how they're playing it that he's in love with her and he's trying to like imagine a future with them together because when he asked her he's like do you what's your version of the future for us or what's your vision of the future for us is that it's basically what he says I don't know. I guess it's easier for Crane to say these things since he this didn't interrupt his entire life like it did Abby's. I think with what you're saying about like, is he actually trying to drop hints to Abby like, I want to live with you in a house? No, I don't think he knows yet. You know what I mean? Why isn't he house hunting with Katrina? Right. I don't think he's he realizes like he's actually in love with her. Like Tom Eisen might be playing it that way, but the character doesn't actually realize it yet. Right. I think it will take him a couple seasons. But yeah, this 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 um conversation in that context of that where he where he's like saying that he loves her without actually saying that he loves her cuz he doesn't he doesn't realize it yet. I think it makes a lot of sense and that's why I liked it so much. Yeah, so after this happens and the witnesses kind of have this confrontation with Kent and so does Katrina twice. And Kent implies that there's this dark sidedness to Katrina and her powers betray her because she's not she's walking the wrong path. This is something they should have done from the beginning, like we've been saying. And I think here's also where I think they could have tied this in better. Like, why isn't Kent's history more linked to Katrina's? You know? Like we said, what if her answer because they do use that thing where like he was trapped in purgatory by, which is from her ancestor's coven. So why wouldn't she be one of the women who trapped him and used forbidden magic to do it? And that's why and did Katrina, they hang out in purgatory? Yeah. And that's why Katrina's um, powers betray her because she's supposed to be tapping into that same magic that her grandmother tapped into or something. 
you know, like, he could have been like, I knew your grandmother. This is what she did to me. You know, I'm back. You know, you're you're going to be the same kind of person that she was or whatever and try to, like, manipulate her. But they wasted it. So what can you do? And her eyes turn white after she tries to stop him. So she snaps out of it. And then he gets the grimoire anyway and runs off. So Katrina's powers didn't do much in this. Like, it was just kind of showy. Just to show her off a little bit, I think. Katrina fans must be so frustrated. No, they're not. All they care about is they're shipping. They're not? No, they're not. They All they care about, or they seem to care about is shipping. Um, Like we said, they melted this down. This could have been, like, her episode, like, showing her doing stuff and being competent. I feel like a lot of, uh, we can say that for a lot of episodes, honestly. Yeah, I know, but there's, like, ten million ways you could have written this so that, like, it didn't end with Ichabod defending her honor and beating the bad guy. Right. While she sat around at home. Mm-hmm. She could have powered the generator. She could have been the one who gave the speech about modern technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it could have been really cool. Instead, we see her grandma die, and then she, like, tries to fight this guy and then goes home. And mm-hmm. then she doesn't even go to hockey at the end. <laughs> She doesn't go to the bar at the end. Um, did, the, did the monsters look like they were covered in candy? Because I was like, they look like edible underwear. They just got like covered in edible. Like <laughs> For a moment there, I legit thought I was watching The Flash. <laughs> really? Yeah. These red blobs dancing around. <laughs> I know. I was like, what? I know. The, they look- the monsters are not scary on the show. Not anymore. They were in the first season. The Sandman was creepy as hell. Yeah, that's true. What Ooh, happened? Yeah, their monster true. budget got cut. I have no idea. Or maybe yeah. they're just being lazy. I remember, like, the budget. Yeah, the putty, like, man. The budget. I really think they just got really lazy, and they're just not really thinking things through. Because even the Sandman had a really, like, interesting... And a design. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, these reminded me of the, like, the black one. The black... Or, no, the gray henchmen that were covered... Yeah, the putty men from Power Rangers? No, no, no. (laughs) They had an episode during the season where um, it was like they had the same design for the henchmen. They like put these people in unitards and then have them chase the heroes around. And then put like paint on them or something. I don't know. It wasn't very inspired. Um, So Katrina's shaken after this whole ordeal and her magic is again out of commission. Are we surprised? You know who made a really funny joke? Catherine on Twitter. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, don't you hate it when your witch is, um, has got a like out of service sign or something? Like all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was really funny. I chuckled. Um, so Abby returns to the cabin. Uh, well, she goes to chat to Irving, right? And she turn- she returns to the cabin after talking to him. And... So she may, she she kind of reminds Crane, she's like, before Katrina was here, we took down all kinds of supernatural threats without magic, which she is not wrong about. She is definitely not wrong. Um, and Abby also figures that Solomon probably isn't trying to raise his dead love. And Crane remembers the a phrase, like, I'm the traveler. And then they consult Grace Dixon's journal, finally. Ah, she finds a traveling spell, right? Um, AKA a time traveling spell. I don't think these writers can handle time travel, to be honest. Like we said. So I, at first I thought this was interesting. And then 
my friend was saying that she knew something was gonna something bad was gonna happen when they mentioned time traveling. And I was like, oh no. Yeah. And it makes sense now. It all makes sense. I thought I thought at first I thought this was really interesting. Like I thought that the journal callback. Yeah, and the plot was going, you know, kind of ramping up because the beginning was kind of boring and then the plot was ramping up to reveal all this stuff. Um so Abby well, Abby goes for some extra help because Katrina can't help her. Um <clears throat> and later on they go to Home Depot to basically find some equipment that can replace Katrina once again. And Ab and Ichabod goes to confront Kent and ends up beating the crap out of him. After like I'm going like this is for Katrina right. and her family. I'm right. Ichabod Crane. <laughs> I know. But I like the whole science trumps magic thing that they had going on here. That was really interesting. But it only works when you have, like, old-timey witches. Modern witches probably have safeguards against this kind of stuff. Yeah, but he he was an old-timey witch. So he didn't know about electri- like right. fake electricity. But where are the modern witches? Right? You know, that would be really cool if they would bring in modern witches who knew how to work with technology and science. Yeah. yeah. They so, could be diverse. Yeah. And they light him up with artificial lightning, of course. I thought Ichabod beating the crap out of him was kind of out of character. It was a little weird. Maybe if he, we were more invested in his relationship with Katrina and his Maybe. desire to protect his wife. Right? But I feel like he doesn't do it for her, even though he's saying that's who he's beating the shit out of this guy for. Like, I think he's doing it because... Abby compared them. Maybe he read the Dresden Files and didn't like him. <laughs> That's what you would do, <laughs> Marissa? Yeah. I'd be like, that, that doesn't even make you look good. <laughs> you and your stupid hat. Oh, my God. That got a terrible Gaston wig, too. He did. Ew. I don't know why they didn't let him just wear his... Because he's, he's very attractive in person. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Anyway. <laughs> um, Frank. Uh, so the, during this time. This whole like confrontation. Uh, they're looking for Frank now. Because it's over right. They subdued the villain. But then Frank comes out of nowhere. Takes the grimoire. I'm not sure why they didn't take him from him right away. Like Abby and Ichabod just walk off. And leave him passed out with the grimoire. That was really silly. Yeah, I, they were. I guess maybe they're worried about Frank. Yeah. Is, yeah. is that why? That's why they left, right? Like they ran. They're like Frank, and then they ran, and then. I didn't even ask these questions anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why, because they were saying, "Frank, where are you? Where are you?" And they're looking for him. So that's but why. Grab the goddamn book. I know. Yeah, that's true. They were just really bad at. I mean, it was a mistake. So they're not perfect. Or it could just be convenience sake. Um, so Frank kills Solomon and hides the book from the witnesses when they find him. Um, you know, and Did they so, ask where the book went? No, he said that he, it disintegrated with him. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. So he lies to them. They should have so, patted him down. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, they trust, you know. Well, when Abby's like, later on, Abby's like, remind me never to lay a hand on Katrina. I was like, oh, she's, she's thought about it. 
<laughs> I was like, she's thought about Katrina catching them hands, right? Um, also, Ichabod was really ready to get out of there to get a beer with Abby. Like, he was practically like, um, Katrina can't come out tonight. She has, She's washing her hair. That was so weird. Do you think she overheard the conversation? Maybe. Because she came out and she was just like, where did they go? I better work on my flower now. Yeah. I don't even think she didn't even seem concerned. Ichabod wasn't even concerned. He was just like, no, 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 no. She's relaxing. Let's go get our beer without Katrina. (laughs) Well, Katya is very limited in what she can do with the characters. Her accent was the same, and her breathiness was the same, and it was just, she was the same person. She was just blonde. So, that is so true. She didn't do any. She didn't bring anything. She didn't anything do anything. To the she didn't bring anything to yeah. the character. Not that. You think that was the direction? They were just like, "Be yourself." Alone. No, that's bullshit. No, because if anybody else in that storyline had been in that position, like Orlando would have played it differently. I'm sure Nicole would have played it differently. I think it's kind of a cop out. I'm like, come on, do something else with the character. I don't know. It's just like I've I've seen actresses or act and actors with really poor material do a lot more with it because they add nuance to the character and they kind of make up a headcanon for how they want the character to be, even though the writer's not giving them enough. So I feel like she's not like really trying or something. I don't know. Maybe she's checked out. Who so knows? disheartened. Yeah, who knows? Maybe she knew later on the episode her character would still be just like... No, but the real test is that she's going to have to play this evil person, right? But I'm not even seeing any conflict there within her. Like, her powers are betraying yeah. her or whatever, and this seems like it should have been... I don't know. It should have happened sooner, There should be, like, a response, like, frustration. Right. Or... Devastation, yeah. something. Even when it betrays her in that scene and her eyes turn white, she didn't do much. She gasped. Even when she realized her son was, like, the epitome of evil. Yeah. It was, like, a hiccup. <laughs> Like, what happened? You know, I think what's so frustrating is that so much of what's going on around Katrina doesn't feel like she's making her own decisions. It's like she's allowing herself to be pulled in all these different directions. Right. So she doesn't have, like, a, there's, like, no, like, no, there was a, her ca- character just feels directionless. Yeah. So, like, when, when this happened, instead of being like, yay, Katrina's, potentially evil it's just yet another thing that's like out of her control right i wish that was more of a decision you know she doesn't have agency yeah everything reacts like her actions are dependent on everything going around with her around her like going on around her as opposed to like her having free will and making choices about things right like abby and ichabod and Frank make choices. Sleepy Hollow needs to find a way to allow Katrina that kind of agency where it's like, I don't know, just another thing where she's like finally gaining her power slash losing control of it because secretly she's supposed to be an evil witch. Like, they, there's just not much choice in that. It's they, they totally didn't, they lack imagination. That's 
that's it because they could have done this from the beginning you know I don't know. They completely lack imagination, and that's the problem. Like, whoever they put on stuff did not understand the purpose of the show and just, like, completely fucked it up. <laughs> so, yeah. Is it salvageable still? I don't know. I have no they idea. Because they could do a reset. They could time travel and then be like, oh, looks like season two never happened. <laughs> I know, right? completely reset it that's what i'm hoping they can they can salvage it i like they really need better writers honestly i don't think the writers that they have right now can salvage it because they're lazy i mean look what they did with cat like look how they have so much material that they could use and this is what they come up with every single time i say that i'm like you have so much material how could you not come up with something interesting from that? You take, like, the most basic route. Like, how many times are they going to use the nice guy, nice guy syndrome plot to do something? Seriously. Like, how, seriously, though. Like, for real. It is so tired. Like, Headless is not in this episode, so they just needed, like, another nice guy to roll. Right? Yeah. <sighs> Whatever, guys. So we go to plot B. Um... So during the episode, Frank comes to Abby um, about her not trusting him after all he's done. And he tells her his soul's clean because they went to Katrina and she figured it out. And he doesn't blame Abby and that they're good. And I love how Abby has this bit of banter here about how a beer and heat could have uh, made less noise than um, Frank. Because he, sn- he like sneaked up on her and she like pulled a gun on him. I thought that was kind of cute. But Abby trusts him now, right? So she goes to him to chat and get some help from him and he even gives her a pep talk about not giving up fighting. Um, and I don't know if, if, if I was thinking that maybe Frank was playing double, double agent, like getting her to trust him and then getting Henry to trust him and then maybe coming out at the end. You mean doing what Henry did and backstabbing Moloch? Like, backstabbing Henry, like, like, maybe he would be doing something like that. But this seems like they're playing it straight because Irving shows up with the grimoire knowing what Henry could do with it, hands it over to him. And I don't, I don't even know why he would be still working with Henry. You know, does it, is it because Henry still owns him? Like, why would he still be in cahoots? Is he... They've left it incredibly vague, and it's yeah. supposed to be, like, mysterious right? and, and make it's... us, like, anticipatory. But we're just kind of like, this doesn't make sense. Yeah, why is he... And Henry's all like, Destiny's been to my will now since Moloch's gone. And he's, you know, he gets to be as evil as he wants and autonomous as he wants to be. Explain this, though. Like, how? You're, like, in a motel room. Hmm. Maybe and why are f- you dead? Like, why is Moloch dead? And people were, like, joking with Orlando, like, what happened to your cool sword? And, like, what happened to everything? <laughs> it's like, why is Henry, why was Henry contemplating everything that happened? And now he's back to being evil again. Even though he was, he seemed to be contemplating not doing that and being human. And now he thinks, oh, everyone else. So he's been sitting in this room the entire time. And we haven't seen him 
sitting in this room uh, throughout the last couple of episodes. He's just disappeared. Why didn't they work it in? The yeah, other there should have been like he's in the store buying frozen TV dinners to bring right. back to his motel room, <laughs> or he gets like pizza delivery. He yeah, doesn't know how much to tip the guy. Or he's even in a, in a in a different country, or maybe he's in a different state. He's at the laundromat. Yeah. <laughs> And everyone's looking, like, they've been looking for him. We don't know where he is, but it's if they wanted eight to... weeks, I can resurface now. Yeah, even if they wanted to show him basically doing the most mundane things ever, the fact that it kind of only comes up now is kind of like, okay, so he's been contemplating this the entire time. So we haven't seen him do that contemplation. We just saw, like, five minutes of it. And all of a sudden, he's back to being, like, a wolf again because <clears throat> he thinks these guys are sheep and everyone else is a sheep compared to him and now he's back uh, Irving has sorry, Irving just... has Irving been communicating with him is Irving a wolf or is he a sheep is Irving yeah. part of his wolf pack yeah so he I was be kinda... like hello my fellow wolf I was kind of like there's interesting things happening but I feel like they only go halfway it's so disjointed somebody somebody compared it to like baking they were like we like you mix the ingredients. <laughs> Not even. Not even. You, <laughs> you, <laughs> you mix the ingredients for a cake, and you don't bake it properly. And so, when you cut into it, it starts to fall apart. <gasps> That's so true. And the inside is all gooey. Yeah. And then it kind of so upsetting. Sucks. Yeah. So the ingredients from Sleeping Beauty, and you get these delicious ingredients for this awesome cake. And then you fuck up when you bake it. Yeah, that's true. That is definitely Sleepy Hollow in a nutshell because they have all the right ingredients. They're just not using them properly. Mm -hmm. And they're not spending the time necessary to make sure that their cake comes out okay. That is so true. Poke it with a toothpick a few times. Yeah, make sure that the toothpick comes out clean. Damn it, Sleepy Hollow. Right. This is not that hard. (laughs) I kind of gave it maybe like a six being generous. A five. I wasn't mad at this episode, honestly. I wasn't mad, but I was kind of just disappointed. Disappointed. Everything. Yeah. They could have had such a more a solid, a more solid story, you know? It was kind I of feel like the, the character moments last episode were better. I think Jenny was sorely missed. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I did, I did like the fact that um, Abby kind of snarkily um, works it in that Jenny's off finding some secret awesome orb so she can't help this episode though yes because she's yeah, off, she's like, off on they, unless the orb comes back and is part of the plot i'm gonna be like eh. yeah yeah that's true at least that's it wasn't like means. jenny's off to find out where holly went that'd be terrible <sighs> yeah yeah i would say that the plot in the past two episodes has been underwhelming to say the least I'd say mm-hmm. the character development last episode was stronger than this episode Yeah. except for maybe Katrina who got a tiny bit more development that only served to reinforce her like lack of competence right. and agency yeah. um, I almost want to say a four mm. I can respect that yeah not like, the bad guy wasn't scary, and he looked like a dude bro. <laughs> like, a, a magical dude bro. Like, if it, if, it, if it had been a fedora, we would have, like, had it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It was a five for me. 
So like a five. It was neither here nor there. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of like consistently missing some stuff. I was kind of excited when I saw Katya like Instagramming pictures of herself in her old timey Puritan costume. I thought she'd do a better job acting it. Well, and I thought they'd write more for her. I was like, what is this? This might be interesting. We're getting some background. Nope. Psych. <laughs> yeah, like, why would you... Her, it turns out her background is that her grandmother was also an inept witch who ended up getting killed. Yeah, why would yeah. Albert Kim write it like this? Why couldn't her grandmother have been in the coven that... It would have been so easy. They They always take, like, these convoluted plots and they're not very interesting it was like maybe simple is better keep it simple stupid you know that that phrase it's like the simplest ingredients yeah the simplest ingredients can make something delicious right and you're you're overthinking it by doing too much you just use another baking metaphor sorry i i like i bake a lot you guys (laughs) but that's how i make like baked chicken i'd use a little bit of salt little bit of pepper you roast it maybe a little bit of turmeric it comes out delicious instead of like putting all this stuff on it that won't necessarily i remember i made this like really awesome marinade one time and the chicken didn't come out as delicious because it made the skin soggy so and my simple stuff comes out you know better so you're saying that (laughs) katrina's grandma was like a a soggy skin chicken soggy skin chicken and this whole episode was could have been better if they had kept it simple. I don't know what the point of bringing in that like random Sarah lady. She didn't even make any, like, le- you know, she didn't make any <laughs> She's difference. a devil. Sarah's a devil. <laughs> she didn't make any oh, difference no. to the plot. And Katrina's um, family member didn't make any difference to the plot. So what was the point? To show you just how evil nice guys can get when you reject them. Yeah, and I mean, like, it's sexist, right? It's sexist that he did this in the first place, so why don't you use that sexism instead of, like... Ichabod will punch him for the women in his life. Instead of, like, basically injecting your entire story with sexism. Like basting? Yeah. (laughs) Like basting. Why are you basting your entire story with sexism? You gotta fold in those eggs, not... Nah. <laughs> I don't know. I can't do baking metaphors. I'm just going to go home now. Oh, my God. But no, but... um. Oh, one thing, though. Katrina did not shop at Hot Topic this episode. It is clear she has discovered anthropology. It is clear they listened to us. <laughs> <laughs> right? Hot Topic to anthropology. That is a very... Yeah, because she had that or long... Or maybe a bit of an urban outfitters. They upgraded. Three mm. people type vibe. Yeah. <laughs> She she totally went to one of those stores to get her clothing. I'm so glad they listened God. to remember us. Remember when we used to fantasize about? Because remember when Katrina was stuck in the uh, purgatory way back when, and we fantasized about Katrina getting out and Abby and Katrina going shopping together. Yeah, but she should totally get like an Olivia Pope style like gladiator business suit. Not like why she's not doing anything. I know, but she could have been. <laughs> or like all leather, like Katrina in like a leather jacket. Uh, that would be cool. Something like fun and like completely unpredictable. Not, I think like, no. I think yeah. I think free people is more her style. Like free people, you know, anthropology. Yeah. 
Yeah. So do you think she's more dressed like she would be in our world this episode than in the past? Yeah, because they listened. Yeah. They got rid of that ridiculous corset top. Right. Yeah. And we I mean, that corset gives her magical like... powers. <laughs> she still looks like what? What were you saying, Shade? She still looks like what? She still looks like not a real person, though. Like, you know? Yeah. When she they was, should like, dressed her get a haircut. That's because she has yeah, no personality. Like, oh, let her get, like, Katia Winter's, like, really cool, like, modern haircut. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, no, you know what though? Okay, so in my head, when you said that, I played out the scene where like she pops up and she's like, "Ichabod, do you like it?" And then Ichabod like goes on some rant about some like 1800s <laughs> back in my day. I just don't fucking want it. Never mind. I, was the worst idea ever. I like my dear voice. <laughs> you get breathier. Ichabod, do you like it? <laughs> You know, it there was, was like the one scene where I looked around, like everyone on screen was like in a not so good wig. Oh, really? Like every single person mm-hmm. on the screen, like the bad guy, and then like Ichabod in his wig, and the camera was like panning from character to character, and I was like, <laughs> everyone on the show is in a wig. <laughs> it's so weird. It's like usually not as noticeable. I mean, everyone on Game of Thrones is in a wig too, but like, I was like, this is so weird and weird. Especially with Katrina's wig, you can tell it's like a lace front. They mm-hmm. need to do and, her, and her grandma wasn't a ginger. Where's this ginger coming from? <laughs> uh, it's a recessive gene, you guys. It's recessive. Could she change her hair colors? Because she can change flower colors. Maybe she changed her hair that color and it got stuck. It could be very. Um, <laughs> um, have you guys seen the craft? It could be very the craft if she did that. Oh. She's not cool not enough to hang out with those girls. I know. Ooh, the craft was so badass. They would be like, who are you? Yeah. Now I want to rewatch the craft. I used to want to be a witch after watching the craft. Me too. I <laughs> to be a witch so Do you think people watch Leafy Hollow and have those same aspirations? No if way. they want to be a witch like Jenny or Abby. Not like Katrina. Yeah. Anyway, here's hoping the next episode will be better. It looks good. Does it? It does. (laughs) Except it looks. Except it looks like they're bringing um, zombie Ben Franklin or something. Not Thomas Thomas Jefferson. Jefferson. (sighs) Sorry, it looks like a bunch of jumping into the holes. Like half the commercial was them like jumping the holes on the ground. Yeah, like some kind of vault or something. Like they were underground. I don't know. Whatever. It was only Ikkaby in that trailer, which I thought was pretty smart mm. of them to do. Because literally no other character shows up except for the two of them and yeah. Tom Jefferson. And they've probably figured um, out by now that whenever they put Katya or Katrina in previews, the ratings go down. I don't like, know if it's like, that correlated, but I think they yeah. like decided they're gonna market the show on the strength of the cabbie. Because if you're not watching for a cabbie, you might not be watching. Well, I'm yeah. saying that's like one of the stronger parts of the show, which is yeah. kind of yeah. a shame. I'm saying on f- Facebook though, like there were oh, a ton of messages that were just like, "We hate Katrina," for like the entire month. That yeah, they on were on hiatus. Too. Yeah, that they were on hiatus. Everyone was just like, Whoa. "She's ruining the show." There was even a 
Katrina is ruining the show. Hashtag. So. Really? Yeah. Wow. And there's only three episodes left into the finale. Yeah. God help us all. (laughs) Save the show, God. It'll do anything. It still hasn't been renewed. Like, what the fuck? I just, I want to give them one more chance. I hope they get a third season just so I can make sure that that they can't do better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I feel like we need to see. But we've seen episodes where they've done better, so I don't understand. No, but like on. seasons overall, like season one was miles ahead. Even when season one was failing, it was still better than what we yeah, did. Yeah, they also had, they also had different writers. People keep talking about the episode um, order, but I'm like, that means they should have had a cohesive 13 episodes and a not-so-cohesive five episodes, but it's like the whole season's been a mess. So it's not the number of episodes, it's the writing, ultimately. Essentially, it's going to fall apart either way. And I feel like with less episodes, we would have gotten less Abby, too, because they were determined to focus on the Crane family drama. Yeah. But I, I think it's just, like, Scandal, which really benefited from a shorter episode order. Yeah, but at least Scandal's still entertaining. <laughs> I've been watching. I mean, can't, can't. I'm like, oh, I hate that president. It's so emotional. Hey, you guys should watch the latest episodes, though. Why? The la- someone the la- repeatedly kick him in the nuts? No, no, no. The, That's the, the only way I'll ever No, no, no. Him. The latest <laughs> episode... The latest episode focuses on, um, well, Olivia gets kidnapped. Oh, good. And she has to, she's in this prison, and she has to basically break herself out. So there's no president? Anything about she has, him? she has, like, a, a fantasy about him once. But then oh, Abby, no, no, but Abby shows up and snaps her out of it. Oh, for a second, I thought you said Abby, like Abby Mills. No, Abby. Yeah. <laughs> Abby here for I was like, oh, that'd be so cool if, like, Abby and Olivia Pope teamed up. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Oh, crossover. Time for our goodbyes. Farewell. But please tune in next week for Fat Pink Cast. Check us at fatpinkcast.com, on Twitter at fatpinkcast, on iTunes, Podbay, Stitcher, and other fine podcast providers. We will continue to podcast about Sleepy Hollow to the end of the season. Say podcast one more time. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Cast, podcast, pod, podcast. <laughs> Podrick Payne. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. On the edge of death, we are never more alive. It was almost easier when we knew who the enemy was. Penetrable chamber to safeguard secrets. But there's only one man who could have designed this, Thomas Jefferson. If we don't make it out, picking a SWAT team option sounds pretty good. Agreed. Hey!